What is up? We are back. Tuesday edition recap show on Football Life Presents the Audible. Episode 88 coming at you. I am your host, Randy Hammond, alongside Matt Bushnell, wishing all of you a happy new year. Welcome to 2022 on the show, Matt. I hope the new year brings you everything your heart, your little heart desires. Well, it already has, Randy. Um, <laughs> a Bears win over the Giants, baby. <laughs> Oh, man, that game was awful uh, for me anyway. Not really, though. Same time, I kind of want it to get really, really bad. So maybe some things will actually happen. But, hey, um, we're going to talk about a lot of good football today. And that game, not particularly one of those (laughs) instances of good football. Um, We are on a tight schedule today, Matt Bushnell. So quickly, number 88, who comes to mind? Anyone? Michael Irvin. He was one of my favorite wide receivers growing up. There you go. Oh, the Cowboys historically have that 88 number. C.D. Lamb wears it now. Des Bryant used to wear it. For me, I'm going to stick with the Colts duo. Uh, 87, I went Reggie Wayne this time, sticking with Marvin Harrison, the Hall of Fame wide receiver with Indianapolis. So there you go, number 88. Great number, great wide receiver. Uh, All right. Uh, Now we're going to get right into it because last night was a big night on Monday Night Football. Um, Division rivalry in the in the AFC North, Steelers, Browns, and big talking point, Matt Bushnell, obviously, is, uh, it is suspected to be uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field um, as Steelers quarterback. Um, we have, I guess, some thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger, I would suppose, but we don't need to get into all of that quite yet. I would say we wait till his official retirement announcement to truly um, discuss his career in totality. But I do think that the Steelers played inspired football for him in this game and were able to win 26 to 14 over the Browns. Stay alive in the playoff hunt. Now, eight, seven and one, the Steelers are. But if this is Big Ben's last game, Matt, I just want to point out. 46 passing attempts for 123 yards. Look, we've been saying Ben kind of looks washed all year long. Uh, This didn't change my mind on that. But uh, if you're a Steelers fan and you love Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure you enjoyed uh, the outcome of last night. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense that he hangs it up after watching his performance all year this year. There's nothing that would indicate that, you know, he is going to magically find the fountain of youth here. Um, It it was a good game for the Steelers to win. It's nice to see legends go out with a win. All thoughts aside about how we may feel or other people may feel about Ben Roethlisberger. But overall, you can't be too upset with with the Monday Night Football broadcast that was saved once again by the Manning cast. So if you're able to watch the Manning cast, um, you, you watched a pretty entertaining show. Uh, Baker Mayfield's just trash uh, at this point. I, you know, it's the injuries and all this stuff. If he's that hurt, and, and this is my issue with it, you know, for all the guts and moxie talk, if you're that hurt, let somebody else play. And, and this hasn't been something new for Baker Mayfield. We've seen this kind of throughout his career. Even last year, we were a little bit concerned. He was always the question mark. Um, and he, he played safe football, but we, you and I both thought it was more Stefanski than Mayfield. Um, especially with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running the football as much as they did and utilizing the tight ends. So to me, it's a nice win for Ben Roethlisberger. But at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield kind of really stunk up the joint. TJ Watt, I think, solidified his defensive player of the year last night with his four sacks. Uh, Defensive player of the year, 21 and a half. He's played 12 full games. He's insane. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I, I think it's a wrap for defensive player of the year. I, I don't even know how anyone else can argue it. I, I know in football life we have the push for Tavon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
all, all ranking aside, you know, it's great that he has double digit interceptions, but that's extremely misleading, but um, good, good win for Pittsburgh overall. And once again, thank you to the Manning cast for really, really a good show. And um, we have Henry in the comments talking about when Eli called a Aaron toe injury fake. That was, that was very amusing. Uh, the Manicast, truly one of the gifts that the 2021 uh, has left for us. Uh, every Monday Night Football, I, I, every Monday Night Football that doesn't have the Manicast makes me sad. But um, those two together, love them. I don't even know how long it's truly going to last. One of them, you know, might own a, a team next year or at least be a part of a group that doesn't Peyton Manning. So uh, maybe Eli will have to find something else. But I thought the segment with Snoop was amazing. <laughs> the Snoop Dogg, uh, I, I never know how that's going to go with Snoop and the Mannings, but that was so funny. Um, but the, Snoop gave Eli a chain. It was Eli's birthday. It was like a big thing about how they're going to create a group. Like that was, always, that's, that's good conversation. That, that always makes me laugh. And then um, the good, the Goodell stuff, I feel like, you know, they're not going to criticize Goodell. You know, it would no. be nice to ask him some hard, harder questions there, but um, it would have been cool to see them to ask him, but Peyton kept calling Goodell coach and Eli kept making fun of him for it. <laughs> uh, so that, that also made me uh, laugh a bunch too, but yeah, this game pretty boring it was 13 to nothing in the second half. Um, the Browns scored two touchdowns in the second half that seemingly meant like it, it, they were almost meaningless to me. I, they, they meant nothing. Uh, I thought Najee Harris looked great in this game, 28 for 188 and had the game ceiling touchdown. So he uh, he looks good, but the JJ, the the TJ Watt thing is is his remarkable four sacks in the game. Yeah, good for him. Uh, if he gets uh, a sack and a half in the finale against the Ravens next week, he'll have the record. And there's no asterisks with the extra extra week. He hasn't played every game this year, so yeah. to me, that's more impressive than Strahan's record. That hurts me to say, but some people already have a little bit of a question mark on Strahan's record based on Brett Favre's actions when that happened. So this would be a legit sack record. And I don't think anyone would really be that mad unless you're, you know, a fan of the AFC North. So, yeah. All right. Agreed. Matt Bush, no, one more primetime game. Only two. Right? Remember, no Thursday night games. No, yeah, no Thursday. But, this, no more Thursday. By the way, um, real quick, I had the Steelers winning and with the points that they were getting two and a half. So mm -hmm. they easily covered. Um, I didn't keep track of yours, Randy. Did you have the Steelers? And No, I had the Browns. So I got that one wrong. Oh boy. Okay. I thought about changing it to like everyone was talking about the big Ben thing. And I was like, uh, maybe I should change it. I didn't, I kept it. Cause I was like, I don't want to overthink it. Maybe the Browns play spoiler. I should have known better. Big Ben never has lost to the Browns in his career at home. Like that's pretty crazy considering he's played for so long. Yeah. Agreed. Except for that playoff game, the regular season, I should say. Yep. All right. Sunday night football. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this one, Matt, because another <laughs> divisional game in the NFC North this time. Um, but when a game was started by Sean Mannion, uh, probably not going to go too well for you. Um, and this was a slow start by the Packers. Uh, mind you, so this game was 20 to three at halftime, finishing up 37 to 10 Packers rolled a clinch the division and the one seed in the NFC. So um, don't expect a ton from Green Bay uh, in week 18 and Minnesota has been eliminated there seven and nine. Uh, like I said, Kirk Cousins did not play in this game. And it kind of feels like it is the end for the coach, uh, Mike Zimmer, too. He was a little bit snippy after the game about why Kellen Mond didn't play. So um, could be changes in Minnesota as well. But Green Bay, I, I don't think they're dominant, but they are clearly deserving of the top seed in the NFC. Yeah, I think the one thing you can say about it all year long, they've been the best team in the NFC. I, I don't think that is debatable at this point. Um, we did, I, I did have the Packers plus the points. I mean, they were getting six and a half. That was an easy bet there with Sean Mannion starting. Um, not much to say. I think Mike Zimmer's definitely out as head coach. Uh, 
mean, what's more damning for a young quarterback than for your coach to say, I see him every day in practice. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I don't. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you're done at that point. Just stop at the door and pack your bags. But no, I think Zimmer's out. The Vikings. Yeah, man. They, you know, they could finish tied for second in the division or third. I'm not sure how that will work out with the Bears, who they play next week. So that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, but I go back to Aaron Rodgers real quick. I believe he's going to win back-to-back MVPs, which would leave him. And this was on the Manning cast last night. One shy of Peyton Manning's record five MVPs. So does, a, <laughs> does A.A. Ron come back next year? To topple Payton, who knows? But yeah, no, this game was non-competitive from the jump. Yeah, I certainly think Rodgers is the MVP. Look no further than what uh, Julian Jordan Love Jordan Love did against the Chiefs in that game that Rodgers missed. Yeah. Um, that that to me just shows me how valuable Rodgers is. And then look at Devontae Adams, uh, eleven catches for one hundred thirty-six yards and a touchdown. Like Rodgers made Adams into you know the best receiver in the league, and maybe you know top three, whatever you want to say. But uh, that Adams Rodgers connection is as good as anyone uh, in in this current uh, day of football. So Packers roll. The NFC goes through Lambeau Field this year in the playoffs. So we saw that last year. Didn't work out for Green Bay. We'll see what happens this year uh, for what is being called the last dance for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Rest of the recaps now, Matt Bushnell, and some of these we do not need to talk a ton about. In the first game on the docket, I do not really want to talk about that much. It is your Bears not only ruining the Giants' second first-round draft pick, but also ruining parts of my Sunday. Look, the Bears are not a good football team. I think we, you and I can agree on this, especially when Andy Dalton plays. Um, but, man, they embarrassed the Giants 29-3. to I think if you get that embarrassed by a Bears team that I think has real flaws, you are a complete and utter joke of an organization. And we can talk about Mike Glennon. We can talk about Joe Judge. My God, the Giants are exhausting, and I'm so ready for the season to be over with. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the scary thing is it could have been a lot more. Andy Dalton played like dog crap. He should have thrown four interceptions, but thank God the Giants' defense sucks so bad that they had no interest in catching those passes. Uh, really, when it comes to the Bears – I don't think talent is necessarily the issue here. They have talent on both sides of the football. Their secondary is okay. Um, Robert Quinn, hats off to him, breaking the Bears' all-time franchise record for sacks. He finished the game with eight – or finished, yes, Sunday's game with a total of 18 on the season. He gets to add to that probably against Minnesota, so we'll see how many he officially ends with. But congrats to Robert Quinn for a hell of a year. Um, but I, I think this may be, you know, this just solidifies Matt Nagy has to go. I think Ryan Pace should too, but that will be withheld for later. But it's amazing if you watch the two teams, Randy, and I think I said this in the chat, I may not have, but you would have no idea that Matt Nagy was the one that was going to get fired and Joe Judge was going to be the one to keep his job <sighs> the way those teams played. The Giants utterly gave up right from the jump, strip sack by Gibson. Gibson had three sacks that game, two forced fumbles. And just the fact that Joe Judge and that offense were down 26 points and they went into kill the clock mode by running the football probably saved Mike Glennon a a worse stat line than what he already had because the Bears were just dominating that Giants offensive line. But it could have gotten worse than negative 10 passing yards. It, it, it probably could have. 
I think the Steelers had um, eight sacks last night or nine sacks. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the Bears probably could have racked up 10 if Saquon and Booker didn't get like 60 carries. Yeah, now the Giants fans are like, oh, Saquon finally had 100 yards rushing. Like, they scored three points. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can see the the, the Bears were just like, you're going to run the football. Okay, go go ahead. That's fine. Let's just get out of here. The Bears were totally fine with that strategy by the Giants. <laughs> yeah. um, to Ricky's point, um, the game was over 18 seconds in. The Bears were up 7 nothing, uh, literally 18 seconds <laughs> into the plays. football game. It is not an exaggeration. I didn't even have my beer. I didn't have a beer yet. I didn't have a sip of anything yet. I was like, they don't even have the ball anymore, and they started the game with the ball. And <laughs> it's so hard to be as bad as the Giants are. Um, and I know they don't have the worst record, but they look like the worst team in the league every single week. And for some reason, they are committing to judge. Nobody, nothing and nobody is worth keeping in this organization anymore. I'm done with it. Get them all out of my life, please. Yeah. Uh, and Judge embarrassed himself in the press conference, too, which, you know, straight up lying about things. I, I'm done. I, I can't with the guy anymore. So, yeah. all right. Don't need to talk about the Giants. They're going to finish 4-13. and 13. The Bears, I need you to lose. Please, for the love of God, Vikings, do me one favor and lose. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, to Western New York now where the Bills uh, could not cover the 14-and-a-half point spread, and they only won by 14. Freaking Bills. 29-15 uh, over the Falcons. Uh, so, the Bills still control their own destiny in the NFC uh, – or the NFC, the AFC East with 10-6 and six, uh, with one game left, I believe, it's against the Jets. Uh, Josh Allen played like garbage in this game. They were losing at 1.15 to 14 in this game. This was a weird one. Um, and Josh Allen finishes 11 to 26 for 120 yards and three picks. But he, what Josh Allen does on the ground uh, is very valuable 15 for 81 and two touchdowns. Uh, and they ran the ball well with Singletary, who finished 23 of 110 for two touchdowns. The Falcons, I got to give them a lot of credit for being competitive in this game. I did not expect it. Um, and they came up, came in and they battled. Not so much thanks to Matt Ryan, but for the rest of the team. So the Bills, 29 to 15 over Atlanta. Matt, what were your thoughts? Hey, man, I, I was like, right now I look at it 4 0 for my spread picks so far. And I was just looking at the game. I was like, man, it's 2 0. I was like, man, later on in the afternoon, I was like, wow 14 to 2 this is gonna get ugly fast and i was like yeah. Shit, there goes my bet on the falcons because i did place money on them to cover mm-hmm. and then they're at 14 15 to 14 i'm like holy shit atlanta might win this thing mm-hmm. and then the bills go on 14 point half point killed me the half point yeah. god bless that half point man <laughs> because it, it, it was excellent for me because i get to see you know some dollars in my pocket with that one so congrats <laughs> to the falcons for covering, Phew. I, I'm, I'm just glad, just thank God. On the road, the Falcons covered. God bless America, because I didn't want to lose that one. Yeah, I look, if you're a Falcons fan, I think I'd be optimistic about the head coach. Um, yep. The culture he's building is truly a competitive one, it feels like. And uh, you need a quarterback upgrade. You're one of these teams, and uh, the Falcons are going to be one of these teams that are coming up in the draft. I expect them to be targeting somebody. I don't know who, but they're not going to be picking that high. So it could be a good year for a team like that to need a quarterback. And if they could sit under Matt Ryan for a year, it could be a good situation. So um, I like the Falcons going forward, but their season is over. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I'd move heaven and earth to get Deshaun Watson if I'm Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, with Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, you expect him to come back. 
I mean, it, it could be a bright future. I, I'd have no issues if I'm Atlanta. Like, I, I would trade draft picks for Deshaun Watson. I, I know they're going to have cap space. I don't think they keep Ryan next year. And Felipe asked a question in the chat. How many teams would be better off with Matt Ryan as their quarterback? N- not many. N- yeah. just, just not many. It, it's like the same question with Ben Roethlisberger. If you watch these two play, yeah. it's, it's just the, the end of the road. I would say maybe like three to five teams, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And it's got to be like a dome team, you know, many plays in the South. And I want none of these guys in a cold weather situation either. So, all right. Perhaps the game of the year. I think it was certainly the game of the weekend. Um, It is the Bengals coming back down to two touchdowns on the Kansas City Chiefs and perhaps derailing the Chiefs' entire season uh, because they were the one seed and looking good. Now they might not have it. Um, the Bengals, this might be one of the biggest wins in their franchise's history, to be honest with you. Um, their recent franchise's history, I'll say, obviously, back in the day, they used to be much better. But uh, the Bengals now 10-6 and six and clinched the AFC North. Congratulations to them for the first time since 2015. Joe Burrow. Uh, you and I questioned whether he was worth the number one overall pick. We weren't hundred percent <laughs> sure, but he has proved us absolutely wrong because they were talking about division, uh, but in the preseason, you and I both predicted them to come in last in the division. And before the season started, no, 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 boy, no, no. boy, the Bengals are impressive. I picked the Steelers to come in last. Fair enough. You picked the Steelers to come in last. Fair enough. <laughs> I, Regardless, I, I got my wrong. face still. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough for that. But the Bengals, I, I am constantly impressed. They are one of the most watchable, entertaining teams of the season, in my opinion. Burrow, with the, the receiving core that he has, with Chase, who had a record day, 11 for 266, and three touchdowns, unbelievable. T. Higgins is a stud. I still love Tyler Boyd, even though he's the third guy on the, on the docket there. And then Mixon running all over the place, too. I don't, I don't know how with the Bengals passing up on the offensive line that they're not a, quite the disaster we expected them to be. Still don't love Zach Taylor, but you can't deny the Bengals are truly an entertaining watch each and every week. They play entertaining and fun football. I think it's something we want. And when we watch games, we just want it to be fun. And the Bengals are the absolute definition of that. And for the Chiefs, you look, I, I had high hopes for you, and I, I liked your defense a hell of a lot more uh, coming in. And, man, I don't. I got to reevaluate, I think. I don't know. Well, I, I'm going to take two things from here. One, it's in Cincinnati. and. You know, anytime you travel on the road, I think yeah, it's tougher to win, obviously. It's not easy to win. A lot of the home teams won this past weekend. So um, that's first and foremost. And then I think second of all, when we take a look at the Chiefs, I, I can't excuse the defense. And I'll get to the offense in a second. When you allow a conversion on the third and 27, I, I'm sorry, you just deserve to lose that game. They, re- no- they refuse to change the single coverage. It drove me nuts. Yeah, like, I mean, how many touchdowns do you want Jamar Chase to score against you? Like, at some point, it was just ridiculous. And you, you you didn't score a single point in the second half. You had 28 points in the first half. Patrick Mahomes looked really good. And this team just kind of went back to their old style earlier in the season. I think it's good for the Chiefs in the long run, though. And, and I'll say the reason why is because it's a wake-up call. It's like, hey, you need to keep on playing four quarters of football. You need to be aggressive, and you need to really adjust your defense. And this is the problem I have with Steve Spagnola sometimes is that – and actually a lot of head coaches and offense coordinators and defense coordinators, when you get so stuck on a game plan and you refuse to change it based on what is happening in lifetime, that's a problem. 
Like once Jamar Chase got 160 something yards, I'm like, okay, screw this. Double team him all game. I'm rolling double coverage over to his side. I don't care if he's on the other side of the field, in the slot, in the backfield. I got two guys on Jamar Chase. I'll take my chances with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. <clears throat> and, you know, when you let Burrow throw, the last two teams, let them throw. The Chargers and the Chiefs now, let them throw for, I think, 970 plus yards. And, I think it was nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. Yeah. It's come on, man. You, you got to learn. You got to watch the tape. Look at the tape, uh, take away his best weapon and then let the other guys beat you if they're, if they're going to beat you. But to me, I was disappointed, but I think it's a good thing. And even if the chiefs get the second seat, that's not too shabby. Cause I honestly, Randy, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about Tennessee, but they're one and done. I, I don't see them winning a playoff game. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Titans next, but I mean, you might be right. It still might end up going through Kansas City, if that's the case anyway, uh, with Tennessee being the one seed, which I think Mike Rabel uh, might have a strong case for coach of the year, uh, given the fact that, you know, neither of us thought they were going to be that good this year. So, uh, yeah, look, this game was unbelievable. I thought the Chiefs had it in hand, um, and then the defense for the Chiefs just kept letting Chase get loose. Um, Burrow, to be exact, you said, you know, how many passing yards? It is exactly 971 passing yards his last two games and nine touchdowns. This is incredible stuff. Burrow, I mean, he was shredding them outside of the numbers. Like, he was – unbelievable like he's so good it was 30 to 39 for 446 yards in this game and four touchdowns you still sacked four times on top of that yeah. like people are operating at a high level with bad offensive lines it is possible so don't let fans of teams tell you mm-hmm. oh my quarterback stinks because the offensive line no like if they were good enough things would happen um yeah. and, and Mahomes still had a good game too 26 to 35 for 260 and two touchdowns like he he still did well I just it, it was hard to contain that Cincinnati attack. And when they're clicking like this, I don't know if any team in the AFC is truly going to want to play them uh, in the postseason. So just yeah. at, at the same time, they could also lose to anybody. They're one of these teams. Like I think they could beat anybody and they could lose to anybody. And I think the bills are a sim- similar thing where I think the bills could beat anybody and they could lose to anybody. And I think this year is so unique in that aspect where nobody has really taken the reins as being like, we're the favorite. I'd be totally shocked if you lost at this point in the season, I kind of feel like anyone could beat anybody. And that's why I'm so excited for this year's playoffs. Yeah, and, and a shout-out to a couple of people that had Joe Burrow as their fantasy quarterback. It obviously won them yeah. quite a bit of fantasy football t- championships in the Football Life League. Felipe won with Joe Burrow, so congrats to him. But, yeah, anybody else that had Joe Burrow, man, congratulations on a hell of a year. Uh, bright future for the kid, but I, I, I do stand by. They're going to have to get an offensive line for him yeah. to, be, to have any longevity because he took a hell of a beating. And that last – Oh God, what was it? The third to last play. Um, it looked like he hurt his knee and, yeah. you know, just, just stuff like that. You don't want to see from your quarterback and it, it's not good, but Cincinnati has a very bright future. I'd be very happy if I were them. Oh, man, he's an assassin though. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'd be so happy to have Joe Burrow as my quarterback on my team. Yeah. I just love him so much. And now, I think their mindset is going forward is that they have a core set. So now you do need to draft some offensive linemen. Like you wanted to take chase to get the Burrow connection. Okay, fine. That has worked out for you. Obviously now you need to protect your quarterback. You need to protect the most valuable asset you have. And now I think that the Bengals will do that uh, this year upcoming in uh, April. So, all right. 
now we don't, I mean, we're going to not talk about every game as much as that one, uh, but you know, the next one we should do, we have to at least mention the Titans uh, just absolutely demolished the dolphins who had coming off of a seven straight uh, winning streak. Um, the Titans now two wins in a row and now have the tiebreaker as the AFC's top seed. Hard to believe. And you know what? I will say it. I think Mike Brable is the coach of the year because yeah. you don't have Derrick Henry for half of the year. You don't have AJ Brown for a ton of time. Julio has been a failed experiment there in Tennessee. Your defense is very inconsistent, I would say. Um, and then Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. So for the, you're the tight, if you're the Titans and you're a Titans fan, you're like, how the hell are we the one seed? Mm-hmm. I just think they're very well coached. Ultimately, uh, it was a good run for the Dolphins. Feel good story. Um, good for them not giving up on one and seven, but ultimately you're not good enough this year and they have been eliminated from the playoffs as well. So the only chance they have at anything is really to spoil the Patriots season in week 18. So the Titans 34 to three, and I can't even believe that we're talking about them as the one seed in the AFC. Yeah. Well-deserved. I agree with you. Vrabel. I mean, if he doesn't get coach of the year, he should get plenty of consideration for it. I, I think Matt LaFleur is another guy that deserves credit for it, along with Arthur Smith as well. I, I think those three guys should be in the running for it, it when you take a look at it from a football perspective. Um, to me, just real quick and short, um, for as much love and as good as I was feeling about Tua, uh, this game was like 18 steps back. It, yeah. it, it was awful. It was brutal. And when you needed it the most, you couldn't come through. And I just think, you know, I'll say this, there'll be no shortage of offers for the Texans to choose from when Deshaun Watson becomes available to be traded because they're going to get it. You know, they're going to get three ones for Deshaun, even with all the legal trouble. So it just depends on who lands him. Because you'll have Carolina, you'll have this team, and you know, obviously the Falcons, I think, should be in play as well here. Uh, from the Titans, congrats. You know, I, I, I do think – uh, they got the Texans next week, you said, correct? So, no, I think the Colts have. Ha- oh, yeah, they do have the Texans. The Colts yeah. have the Jags. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think the Titans wrap up the one seed next week. So, congrats to Vrabel. Good job. Ryan Tannehill really helped uh, kind of carry the load here, surprisingly enough. And they found AJ Brown, and AJ Brown's been the magic elixir. So, yeah, congrats to Tennessee. We- I think we need to give a shout out to Deontay Foreman too, because he has filled in yeah. for Derrick Henry pretty nicely, I would say. Um, but Henry's expected to practice this week. He might come back next week just to get some of the rust off, because you're obviously going to have a bye. So if you're just throwing back in there in a playoff game, you might not, you know, get what you're looking for. So yeah. I think it's smart to get Harry uh, Henry some uh, some love this weekend if you can. Um, while we're talking about awards with Rabel. Uh, do you notice that the third person now uh, for the favorite in the MVP is Joe Burrow, who we just talked about? Um, I don't think Burrow has a chance to win the MVP. I think he's been too, too inconsistent this year, but he might be one of these guys we're talking about in the future as a consistent MVP finalist. And uh, you got to love to see it. The league is in good hands. The other quarterback now we're going to move forward, who I think deserves – he's not going to get any MVP votes, but deserves some MVP conversation is Derek Carr because yeah. the Raiders – should be all things considered a disaster and they are not, and they are competitive and they have a real chance to make the playoffs if they win this week. Um, but the, the, the Raiders go into, into Indianapolis and they win with Carson Wentz back. And this was basically all on the shoulders, just much like the all whole season has been on Derek Carr and Derek Carr hasn't really, you know, he didn't play great in this game. He had two picks, but when it mattered the most, he made an unbelievable play I mean, I feel like he made so many unbelievable plays to Hunter Renfro all season, but man, Derek Carr 
congrats to you, man. If there's not an MVP award for you in your future, you deserve some kind of recognition for how you've kept the Raiders afloat this year. Now nine and seven, huge win over Indy. Indy has been red hot, winning games, shorthanded. Frank Reich, I mean, he, he they're talking about him for coach of the year. The Raiders, I don't know how they've done it, but they are very much still alive. But to me, it is, um, you know, number four, Derek Carr. If you don't have respect for the guy now, you should. Uh, so shout out to the Raiders and Derek Carr because I did not see it coming. Yeah, this is actually the first game the Colts lost for Jonathan Taylor at over 100 yards rushing this mm-hmm. season. So, I mean, just a really gutsy and impressive performance. Um, God, I, w- I wish I could remember the Raiders coach right now. Um Rich Basicia? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rick Basicia? Basaccia. Rick Basaccia. Yes. I mean, he should get some consideration for being the next head coach of the Raiders, ironically yeah. enough. I mean, yeah. he he took a very bad situation. They haven't been great this year, but you take a look at the roster, you know, with Darren Waller not being 100%, Hunter Renfro really showing up, um, Deshaun Jackson, uh, kind of a guy. Um, you know, and then also with losing Henry Ruggs with that just incredibly idiotic driving while intoxicated situation. The, the, the Raiders need some help, but Basachi has done enough, I feel, where it's like, you know what, this guy might be a decent candidate to lead this team. And, and you know, no, not coincidentally enough, special teams guy. You know, I'm big on special teams coaches, you know, getting the head coaching job because they have to watch over the entire roster because they constantly have to move pieces around. But good for the Raiders. For Frank Reich, I mean, I, this is a huge blow to his coach of the year. A- any hope for coach of the year, it's gone now. Yeah. Um, and as well, I mean, I don't think the Colts have locked up a playoff spot by any stretch. They got to nope. beat the Jags. They have to win. Now they are in a win and in situation. Uh, luckily, they get Jacksonville, but <laughs> anything's possible ultimately. And you, you could tell in this game that Wentz hadn't practiced all week. He had been on the COVID yeah. list and he didn't get activated until Saturday. So you could kind of see that. I thought he looked shaky um overall but um look this is about the Raiders to me uh I, I the Colts are gonna make the playoffs but the Raiders are also once the Colts win the Raiders and Chargers play Sunday night football for yeah. whoever wins is in the playoffs so that is a huge game and I'm glad they put that on Sunday night I just want to feel like I should mention to add to the Raiders dysfunction um rookie Nate Hobbs was also arrested uh I believe the night of this game and uh I think that was also a DUI I'm not 100% sure um but he is basically off the team now too so the fact that this is still somehow being held together is a huge huge credit to the leadership at the top and that to me is the filling coach Passaccia and Derek Carr so uh, if they're if they're eager to move on to Derek Carr for some odd reason, they also this offseason team should be lining up to trade for that guy. By the way, and we did tell the people pick the Raiders to cover. We both had and the Raiders did. covering, so I sure did. Absolutely, I loved that line. Uh, I thought that was too big, and uh, you know, I kind of felt like the Colts were due for a little bit of a, a lag. I didn't expect them to lose, but uh, well, here we are. Yep. All right, game we're not going to touch on really. I'm just going to say the Patriots <laughs> handled yeah. their business at, at home <laughs> against the Jaguars. They won fifty to ten. 55 oh there's more points than the Giants have scored in their last five games in one game <laughs> just, just, just got to show them more about the, the Giants than anything but hey good job for them Mac Jones threw three touchdown passes and that's it that game was over uh before it started 28 to 3 yeah all right cool then we're not going to touch on that one Matt Bushnell for obvious reasons Patriots uh they win on Sunday they are also in um so they need to win all right 
now the Bucks and the Jets. The Jets had at one point a two-score lead, a, a two-touchdown lead even on the Bucks in this game, which is hard to believe. Um, but Tom Brady did Tom Brady things uh, and threw a game-winning touchdown pass with, I believe, less than a minute to go. And the Bucs won 28 to 24 over the Jets. But Matt, unfortunately, we have some uh, non-football, maybe kind of football-related things to, to come out of this game. Randomly, in the middle of the game, Antonio Brown just starts taking his pads off. He threw it in against the bench, started throwing his shirt and his gloves and his wristbands to the crowd and waved goodbye, started doing jumping jacks in the end zone. I didn't know if he got ejected. I was at a place where I couldn't hear what was going on, so I didn't really know. All Twitter kept saying is he quit. He's he quit, and it came out that Bruce Arians told him to go back into the game. At one point, he he thought he was too injured to go back into the game, and then I, I apparently, then I guess this is up for interpretation. But Bruce Arians said, "Fine, you can leave." So then he stormed off the field after Mike Evans and OJ Howard tried to consult him. Regardless, this has been the Antonio Brown thing. If he wasn't as great as he was, teams would not tolerate this. Um, And I don't know if this is the end of the line for Antonio Brown, but it certainly feels like it. Um, He's still in New York, never flew back with the team. He went to the Nets game last night. I'm kind of over Antonio Brown. He is almost peak diva receiver with all of the nonsense he's been through for the last five years. Antonio Brown, if he's going through some stuff, Matt, he should get help. But this was one of the more bizarre things I've seen in a football game. Yeah, and it really took away from a really good game, too. Yeah. And the Jets played their asses off this game. The, the Bucks look like they have some issues going on beyond Antonio Brown. But I, I think at the end of the day, when we discuss Antonio Brown, uh, the perfect hit on him, like, mm-hmm. you know, those scrambled eggs, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I don't want to make light of it because CTE is a real thing. But this is around the time frame where CTE really starts kicking in and does some pretty nasty things to you. I, I don't want to put it all on CTE because I, you know, like a wise man once told me money just makes you more of who you are. Yeah. And the more Antonio Brown got paid and the more chances he got, the more he acted out. And that, that, that could be due to CTE. It could be due to brain trauma. It could be due to a lot of things. But I think when we take a look at this situation with him, he's just not well, like he, he's mentally ill, whether it's CTE mental illness whatever it is with him he is not a well person and he needs medical treatment whether it's medication counseling all all of the above um you know you just don't blow those chances and this is it i i don't see how you could bring him on to an nfl team anymore randy like with the tom brady the guy who vouched for him the Mm -hmm. only reason he's in the league right now you just can't do it. You, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. And it, it's, it, it's ridiculous, you know, and I guess it stemmed from to give further context into it. BA wanted him to get, to, wanted him to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown's like, no, my ankle's hurting me. Well, as you, as if you watch the game, Gronk was getting the, pro, pro, you know, most of the targets from Tom Brady and Antonio Brown went over to Brady and said, what, you're just going to keep on feeding your boy? And Brady looked pissed. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, he kind of threw his tantrum, and then all of a sudden his ankle starts hurting. So is like, come on, we want to get you your incentives, go back in the game. Mm-hmm. And Antonio Brown said no, and then it just erupted. And, like, oh, a sane person does not do that. No. You know, you don't throw away a million dollars, because with that, you know, he probably would have got some more incentives that would have added up to a million dollars. He's basically pissed away one million dollars and i don't care who you are that's a lot of money mm-hmm. for especially for a guy who's playing on the league minimum so 
to me, AB is done, really took away from a great game. You know, as a Jets fan, which I'm not, but if you are a Jets fan out there, people, I know Jacob just popped in for a quick second. <laughs> um, you got to be encouraged. They played tough, you know, yeah. but Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does to the Jets all the time and beats them. So I would feel good about the Jets uh, going forward. I think they're in a good situation with young, a young team with, with more picks and a young coach. I think they're all, they're developing nicely. Um, <clears throat> I, I, Josina Anderson tweeted earlier that this uh, may not be the end of the line for Antonio Brown. The, the Bucks have not officially cut him, nor uh, our team's throwing him out the door. I, Josina said in her, her tweet that um, it is not her opinion that teams would be interested in Antonio Brown. That is what she has been told, that wow. teams would be actually willing to bring Antonio Brown in. Um, I thought the Bucks were about the last team willing to do that, considering they had Tom Brady, <laughs> they had Bruce Arians, and overall a support system for him that I don't know who else would truly have. Um, but apparently there are teams willing to take a chance on the talent. And that, that goes to show how talented the guy is. But at some point, the headache uh, over <laughs> overtakes the the talent. And at this point in Antonio Brown's career, I would say that has to be the case eventually. I mean, look, Antonio Brown, if he could have stayed healthy, if he could have been together like for the last five years and had had his you know, mind right and played, we're talking about a Hall of Fame guy. Yeah. We're talking about a potential top 10 receiver ever. His run, I think it was 2012 to 2017, it's about of a good of a stretch of wide receiver play that you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. Um, but once he left the Steelers, which – let's face it, may have been the true foundation of his success. Um, it started to fall apart after that. The Raiders, he never even played a game with. Uh, that interesting hard knock season still is just so bizarre to me. Uh, and then he's had a run with the Bucks now where he won a Super Bowl and good for them. I don't think that's a failed experiment. If you're a Buck, if Bucks fan, you can't say, oh, Antonio Brown has ruined us. No, he helped you win a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that, that has value. So, yeah. Look, if he has, I, I, I am not going to sit here and pretend like I understand mental illness because I don't. Uh, it's not something that anyone could truly understand. I think it's different based on each person. If he is truly ill and truly sick, I hope he gets the help that he needs. Ultimately, this is a serious thing. Um, you know, we watch football, we understand there's risks to it, but this is some, you know, after effects that he could be having from, from hits of the past. So, yeah. I mean, it, um, in my opinion, it'd be wildly irresponsible for any franchise to give this guy another chance. Because what we've seen, there is no situation that's going to help this man get better. This is going to keep on occurring. He's, it's going to keep on getting worse. And what do you have in place? Imagine if you have a young quarterback. You know, it'd be disastrous. Um, in my opinion, it, it, anybody that signs him, it's just foolish. It, it, no one in the NFL can contain this human. If Bill Belichick couldn't do it with Brady and they had to get rid of him, Bruce Arians and Brady couldn't get, you know, I mean, we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time to many yeah. people. And he still did all this stuff. It's no, you're sabotaging your own franchise. Now what it shock you, Matt, is if he just is still a buck and they just pretend like this whole thing never happened. I, what I heard is they're suspending him because they don't want him to go to another team and then they'll cut him once he's ineligible to play in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, that probably is the most likely situation. The Bucks' best case scenario is they're the two seed. Uh, they're 12 and four. They can obviously can't get the one seed. So um, we'll see. The Bucks might have to go back to Green Bay like they did last year, but I, they're, they don't feel like the same team to me that they did last year. So they're going to have to clean some stuff up for me to feel better about them. Yep. All right. 
Matt, time to move on to the NFC East. Washington had a chance to, you know, hurt the Eagles' playoff chances, and it was not enough. They they, they had a lead for a lot of this game. They were up 16-7 to at halftime. You know, I thought virtually you know, for maybe there was a chance, but the Eagles clamped down on defense the second half and were able to move down the field and get the job done. The Eagles went 20-16. to I believe they clinched a playoff berth yep. at 9-7. and seven. Look, you don't need four years to rebuild. Don't let Dave Gettleman tell you that, folks. <laughs> the Eagles did it in essentially one season. Um, and Nick Sirianni is a first-year head coach who looks uh, pretty competent, although I think people made fun of his press conference stuff. Good for them. The Eagles are a vet squad mixed in with some, some young players here and there. Uh, and the culture overall in Philly is a winning one, it appears, because now uh, they're back in the postseason. And I know they have had an easy schedule, but I think they play a unique uh, – they have their own style. They have their own personality, the way they play. They run the ball. Um, they play solid defense. And overall, they're very competitive. And it looks like they all seem to give a shit. So, as much as I hate it, Philly back in the postseason now at 9-7. and seven. Yeah, I think Philly showed the mental toughness, I, I think, with the Washington football team. It's just – it's a bad stain on the season. I don't know if Ron Rivera is going to survive it. I don't know if Dan Snyder is going to be forced to sell the team, which he probably never will because he seems like he's protected by everybody else. He must have a lot of shit on a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, but, but good for the Eagles. You know, I caught glimpses of the game. Jalen hurts played a pretty clean game. Um, not a lot of complaints. I still think they need a, a wide complaints. receiver. Yeah. So he sure. couldn't get me any rushing touchdowns for my fantasy yeah. championship. Well, Boston Scott had to get all of those. Oh, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> but at the end of the day, good for the Eagles going back to the playoffs. I, I don't think they're going to win a playoff game, but good for them going back. Yeah, I think they're a team that if, you know, you have a good, you face a good defense in the playoffs, you, you can stop them. I think if you make Hurts stay in the pocket and contain him and make him throw, you know, that's that's your recipe for success by, by playing Philly. Once you let him run, obviously, it's kind of like a Lamar Jackson situation. You're in a little bit more of a trouble. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what to make of Washington. I expect them to win uh, this week against the Giants. But um, Rivera, I think, said he's asked to play some younger players this week, uh, see what they have, which I think is smart. But yeah. uh, I don't know if that means he has job security. But Washington's very clear they need a quarterback. Uh, Taylor Heineke had played well in this game, I thought. But ultimately, he had hurt them in too many games for it to matter. So, we'll, I, begin to, I want to see what Washington's going to do uh, in the offseason. I'm, I'm interested to see. Um, all this game did also was confirm the Giants are going to be uh, in last place again in the division. So, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. This game was uh, – came down to the very end and I I personally love how it ended because it's my guy, but the Ravens were on the brink of spoiling the Rams uh, bid to win the NFC West. It was not enough because Odell Beckham Jr. Said, no, I'm winning this game. Matt Stafford trusted him on a fourth and short where Odell caught it, stretched out his long arms for a first down. And then he did catch the go ahead touchdown with less than a minute to go in Baltimore. Um, I, I, I'm not, it's not a secret. I'm a big fan of Odell Beckham Jr. I still hated when the Giants traded for him. Uh, obviously, did not work out with the Browns. I think more and more you're seeing how much Baker Mayfield had an impact on that because Odell, while not putting up huge numbers for them, has been a huge number two option never since Robert Woods went down. I don't think people talk about that enough. Obviously, Cooper Cup is still the guy, but to have him as a compliment, I think he has, what, five touchdowns in six games uh, for the Rams. 
That is huge, huge, huge for Odell. If he goes into the playoffs with confidence, if Stafford trusts him, I think that's massive for the Rams because like, that's an element that they are missing without Woods. And honestly, Odell at his peak, I think, is better than Woods. So I think it's good for the Rams as well. And Sony Michelle running the ball really well for the Rams somehow. So um, the Rams also have a chance for that two seed. They're looking good. Also, NFC West champions. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep this short and sweet with the Rams because I Matthew Stafford really worries me. He yeah. threw a brutal pick six, and, you know. He was not good in this game also. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. And, and the Ravens look don't look very good offensively. Um, so there's a lot of things that both these teams need to clean up. The, obviously, the Rams are going to the playoffs. The Ravens are not at this point, I think we can safely assume. So at the end of the day, Stafford's got to play better if the Rams are going to have a chance. And I'm starting to get concerned about that, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you can't really love the way Stafford has played the last two weeks. I, I think he's had what, three and then two interceptions in back-to-back games. So um, look, I, the Ravens have just been overcome with injuries. I think they've lost five in a row now. So eight and eight on the season for them. Uh, they have been eliminated from the playoffs, but Tyler Huntley, I think you could be happy that you have a backup quarterback guy who can play, you know, similar to Lamar in a way. Uh, but next year you need Lamar to stay healthy and you see what you have because the, the Ravens were looking like a, you know, a potential one seed in the AFC at one point. Um, and then their season gets completely derailed. Um, by injuries. So it sucks for, sucks for Baltimore that they're done, but the, you know, the Rams look, I liked what the Rams look like, but I would also agree if I'm a <laughs> staffer, but scares me just a little bit. All right. The Chargers, we don't need to spend a ton, ton of time on this one, um, but this is also an AFC West matchup. But uh, Drew Locke, anytime Drew Locke starts, I do not love it. So, in uh, example A, once again, Chargers roll 34 to 13 over the Broncos. Now the Broncos eliminated from the playoffs. The Chargers now in a win and in situation against the Raiders in week 18. Joe, uh, Justin Herbert looking looked pretty good, I thought, in this game. Uh, threw a nice ball to Mike Williams. Uh, had a nice touchdown throw to Keenan Allen. And then Austin Eckler back, obviously, adds another element to them. So 9-7 and seven for the Chargers. Season is not a failure yet. I think if they miss the playoffs, it is a failure. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. But overall, um, the Broncos clearly need a quarterback. Yeah, Broncos need a quarterback, and they're probably going to need a new head coach because I have a, I have a feeling they're probably firing Vic Fangio. Um, when, you, when you get three seasons – and you don't produce anything with a team like the Broncos, um, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, with Drew Locke being a massive failure and with the team being up for sale, it sounds like. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I don't see Vic coming back. I don't see Drew Locke or this quarterback situation being resolved. So, you know, a, a really good defensive coordinator should be available for some teams next season. So yeah, he'll get a job. No doubt about that. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's Chargers. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that one, so we're going to move on. Uh, 49ers took care of business with Trey Lance starting a quarterback over the Texans. They improved to 9-7 and seven with a 23-7 to seven win over the Texans. Um, the defense won this game for them, obviously. Uh, if I'm a Niners fan, I would not feel great about Trey Lance. I, I, I don't think he looks great. I think he clearly looks like a project. Even the deep ball to Debo, Still looked like it lacked some zip on it. It kind of looked like a bit of a dud. Um, I don't know. I, I would feel nervous knowing I traded up the three overall to take a guy who might be two years away from, from being a, even a decent starter in the NFL. So um, that's my takeaway from this one overall. Uh, other than that, I don't have many thoughts other than the Niners have to win and, and they're in, I think. 
Yeah, to me, um, I, 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 you know, I plan on taking a look at the coach's tape on the 49ers, but, you know, my first, always my impression with Trey Lance, he is far away. You take a look, he's late to reads. He doesn't pick up what's going on fast enough. And that's just from a lack of playing. Um, you know, luckily he played the Texans because they just look like shit. So I, I think there's work to do there with Trey Lance. You know, I think the 49ers protect him well enough to make it serviceable. But I think they know when they play a good team in the playoffs, they're not going to be able to win games with Trey Lance. You know, it's just in with Jimmy G, I'm not sure if they feel they can win a playoff game with Jimmy G either. So <laughs> at least Jimmy G, I'm seeing play in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, yeah. they had a 10 point lead at one point in a Super yeah, Bowl. Well, to, to be fair, they only had to throw the ball eight times against the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah. you know, there's that. So, I mean, it just depends on how San Francisco wants to play this, I think, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, the Texans just look sad right now. It just, it, they're limping to the end. They gave it their all. They fought. And I think some guys are just checking out. They're ready to, for the season to be over with. So it, it wasn't much of a dog fight. You know what, though? You and I said if Deshaun doesn't play, we didn't know how many times the Texans were even going to win a game. So yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fact that they're 4-12, and I would be like, oh, shit. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Like, that, that it could be worse. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of the Texans' future because I don't know what to what to expect uh, with the Deshaun Watson situation. But overall, uh, the Niners, you know, they had to win this game, and they did. So yeah. it doesn't make me feel totally confident in them. But, you know, they have a real shot at the playoffs uh, in Week 18. So. All right, moving on now to a game that we we expected to be one of the games of the day, and it was a good one. But I do think uh, some some bad officiating and poor uh, play by the Cowboys in the first half kind of spoiled it. But one of these games we were head to head on, Matt Bushnell, and I wanted to pray you know, give myself credit for getting this one yeah. right because I did think the Cardinals were going to win. Uh, and they did 25 to 22 over the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, uh, they can only get up to the two seed now with this loss and the Cardinals, um, they already had a playoffs clinched, but this was a big win. I think for their confidence, but Kyler looked great in this game uh, and Dak did not. So I think to the tail of two quarterbacks in this game overall, uh, and the big loss for Dallas is that Michael Gallup tore his ACL and he is out for the rest of the season. I think that's a huge blow because I think he's a very important piece to their offense. So uh, both 11 and five now Cowboys won the NFC. So they're not going to be in a wild card situation, but regardless, uh, both of these teams are both playoff teams. This is a really good competitive football game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I to me, I, I liked watching the game. I, there's things that I didn't like about the officiating uh-huh. and, and it just comes back to like, why do we have to do this every week in the NFL? Like the, the game shouldn't be talked about how bad the officiating was. It, it, it gets old after a while. And it's not like, we talk about baseball with robots versus human umpires and strike zones. I mean, so strike zones are tough to call regardless. I, I give a little leeway to that. So, so some of these calls are just atrocious. They're just so bad. You know, like, well, why? And at the end of the day, I just go back to full-time officiating. And it really marred this game. And like Jacob said in the comments, that Kyler doesn't lose in the new Cowboy Stadium, which is pretty accurate. Yeah. So... You know, it was a big win for the Cardinals, confidence-wise, you know, to just to get that confidence back and get the ball rolling and start playing better for the postseason. Hopefully they get D-hop back for round one. But to me, th- th- this this hurts the Cowboys more than anything because Gallup being out takes a huge part of that passing offense away, and it's a shame. So, eh. Yeah, they're not going to run the ball, especially either. They had 17 carries for 45 yards. Like, that's not going to get the job yeah. done. 
And then Dak had three touchdowns and no picks, but he also had three fumbles and was lucky to only lose one of them. Like yeah. he, like they got some lucky bounces out of there. So uh, overall, you know, the Cowboys are very talented and that's why they are where they are, but they have shown time and time again that they can have duds, um, you know, throughout the season. So yeah. uh, they've benefited from being in a division that has two bad teams in Washington and the Giants, I think. So that helps. But overall, the Cowboys, I don't expect to make it past round two. And if they did make it past that, I don't expect them to be uh, in the Super Bowl. So, uh, all right. Well, the Cardinals, good for them. Doesn't change much for their playoff seeding, I don't think. But uh, overall, that they're in. So good for them. Now, the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, the only thing that matters about this game is that the Saints are still alive. Um, they do need, I believe, the Niners to lose uh, and a win to get in, which is possible, I think, because I think the Niners are playing the Rams. So um, that's totally possible, depending on the Rams' uh, motivation coming in. But the Saints win this one over the Panthers 18-10, to 10, and it uh, looks like the rule Darnold era um, looks to be a failure and one that it might not make it past one season. Yeah, I, I think it's over with. Uh, the Saints played good defense this game. They covered the points. Thank God. <laughs> you know, thank God for the eight. You know, yep. <laughs> that half point, baby. That half point. <laughs> so good for the Saints for doing that. So I, I, I don't believe in the Saints outside of their defense. Their quarterback play is so terrible. It, it's really hard to watch. And then you take a look at the Panthers, and uh, th- th- there's nothing. You know, Chuba Hubbard had a nice touchdown, but other than that, you know, I, I'm out on the Panthers. I think they should fire Matt Rule 1,000%. So, yeah, not much to add. It, it was a very underwhelming game overall. Yeah, 18 to 10, not a ton happening. Taysom Hill came back, good for the Saints, whatever. But, you know, 8-8 eight eight on the season now for them. Uh, kind of think they need to explore quarterback in the offseason, but, you know, they seem to be in love with that guy. So, uh, still have a chance. Somehow the Saints have a chance to make the playoffs. Kind of hard to believe. All right, last game of the day. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it, Matt Bushnell, but the Seahawks, if this was the last home game for Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll as a duo, they wanted to go out with a bank. They get the Detroit Lions. They won 51-29. to Wilson hits DK Metcalf for three touchdowns to take care of business. 6-10 and 10 on the year. So sorry, Jets fans, your pick get a little bit worse than the Lions. The, 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 our, our fighting, covering Lions let us down in this one, Matt Bushnell. Yeah. They could not get the job done. Tim Boyle. Not, not, not very good. No, not good at all. Not good at all. Russell Wilson with four touchdown passes, mightily impressive. Rashard Penny, the star of the game. I, you know, I'm just going to say that right off the bat, he had 25 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. And then of course, DK Metcalf had three touchdown receptions and not really to the level of difficulty that you would come to expect from DK Metcalf, but it is what it is. But, yeah, like Leon says in the comments, Tim Boyle sucks at garbage. So, yeah, that's about it. You know, just a really disappointing, you know, late game when the lines couldn't cover. I know. I was was hoping for some DeAndre Swift love. Never got that either. You know, unfortunately, all these contributing factors to my non-fantasy championship, rather a second-place finish. So, thanks for nothing, Lions. The hell. Um, all right. <laughs> well, that's all the games, Matt Bush. I'm glad we left a little couple minutes here because I did want to mention, and it seems like every week now we have something and someone that has left us. Unfortunately, we're not talking about Betty White. <laughs> um, obviously, Betty White, RIP to a legend, but uh, a football legend left us on New Year's Day. It is head coach slash player Dan Reeves. And um, at 77 years old, he died, um, I believe. 
I remember what exactly he died of, but nonetheless, he, you know, he coached the Broncos, Falcons, my Giants. He was the player coach for the Cowboys back in the day. Uh, a little bit before my time, I think at the very beginning of my Giants fandom, he was the coach there in 96 um, before Fossil took over. So I do vaguely remember that. And I remember the Vic days with the Falcons. Um, but uh, a, a guy who has over 200 wins. I believe he's w- w- one of a handful, maybe 10 coaches who have 200 career victories at coach. So uh, a real football uh, legend here, a coach. And, you know, I wasn't a bad player either back in the day, uh, left us here at the start of 2022. Yeah. And a lot of things will get forgotten, but like he was the original, like he was tied with Marty Schottenheimer in a lot of ways about not being able to win the big one. I think he took the Broncos to three Super Bowls, lost all three. Mm-hmm. You know, playing the 49ers doesn't help. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that 49er juggernaut team was always difficult for them to overcome. So, you know, Dan Reeves was a really good coach. You know, actually a great coach. And I'm not sure if he's in the Hall of Fame as a coach, but he should be. Um, yeah. I, I think the resume speaks for itself. So God bless Dan Reeves and his family. Uh, a real legend and sad that we had to lose another football legend. Absolutely. So, you know, we always like to pay our respects to the football heroes of ours of the past that have left us. So Dan Reeves, New Year's Day, take it from us at the, uh, I would say young age of 77, as we've seen some others a little bit older uh, pass on. So uh, rest in peace, Dan Reeves. Uh, thank you for your contributions to the football world. All right, Matt Bushnell, I understand you're up against it time-wise. You want to do a quick little plug for the other shows under the football, under the Life Group umbrella? Forgot I was muted there for a second. I was going to say, did I lose him? (laughs) No, I didn't lose me yet. Uh, Dong City with Vince Mercandetti and Henry Maldonado Jr. I'm not sure if they're going Wednesdays, but when they do, watch out for those guys, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays. No movement on the Labor Talks for baseball, so not a whole lot to talk about in that arena. It's just kind of slow. I don't know if the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast is back with Jason Brooks and Corey Richmond. I know Jason had twins, so congratulations to Jason on that. I know we said that previously. Absolutely. And his Green Bay Packers got on the number one seed as a gift, so must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) And and then we also have the Total Basis Podcast with Felipe Melicio and Austin Sparrow on Sundays, previewing fantasy baseball, going over a bunch of numbers, seeing who's good, who's bad, who could win, who cannot. So catch those guys on Sunday mornings. And then um, actually this past Monday, we had Leon Tompkins and Jacob Anthony Moses go for Basketball Life, the Step Back podcast with Freddie Forte. Really entertaining show. Loved it. Um, I still have to finish it. You know, phone calls get in the way of that, but really good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you for going and thank you for giving my bulls well, yeah, I'm not going to get into it, but those no DeRozan love, though. No DeRozan love, though. No DeRozan love. No DeRozan love <laughs> whatsoever. But you know what? That's fine. And I forgot to mention Thursday, we'll be back at 2 Eastern, 1 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock AM for Pacific Standard Time. So that's all of them. You deserve a raise for remembering all those time zones because every time I just give up, I just say 2, <laughs> two Eastern and then leave it at that. So. As long as the check's in the mail. Check cleared. That's all I meant. Check cleared. Uh, Henry, you can make that out to Matt Bushnell. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, thank you all for participating in Facebook. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for watching on YouTube. If you're, if you're there, if you're uh, listening to us on the audio-only platforms, we greatly appreciate that as well. So, Matt, great show, great show to start 2022. I'm looking forward to many more with you, and we're going to start it off on Thursday. So we'll see you guys then. Stay safe, stay healthy.